Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is, what's new? Hot topics number 62. Does the passenger next to you have COVID? Research from China suggests global growth in asymptomatic infection. The Vaccine Equity Index. This is a tool to reduce disparities in COVID-19 vaccinations. Diabetes. Building blocks of a healthy diet. As a person with diabetes, you should know how to use these to help manage your disease and maintain your health. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. So, what's going on? How are you? Not too much. Just, I'm just so over COVID. I'm so over cold weather. I'm just, I'm just so sick of everything. <laughs> just. I, know. I need a break. Everybody just needs a break of some warm, just the sun to come out for a minute to have some warm weather. Just, and I think having to do quarantine, having to wear masks, get out the car, not only do you have to remember your coat and gloves and car, <laughs> hat, but now your mask and all this other crap. I know. <laughs> it's a hot mess. I know. So you get out the car, oh, shoot, I forgot my mask. Oh, shoot, I forgot this. Oh, shoot, I forgot that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know. I know. Oh. That's what happened to me the other day when I was walking from my car to, to go inside a Kent. And I kept thinking, mm-hmm. my face feels cold. What's the problem? I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I ain't got my mask on. Let me go get my Exactly. Mask. Because the good news is it does warm your face. The bad news is you've got to remember to wear it all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I can't wait till the cold is over. But you're right, you know, to do all the vacationings and do a little quick trip mm-hmm. here and there, it's, it's, it's a pain in the butt now. You can't do all that it now. It is, because now you come back, you could have to be quarantined for 14 days. Who can afford that kind of time? I know. That's the whole siesta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whole vacation time. Yeah. The whole vacation time. Oh, yeah. Big time. But we're here, so uh, that's a good but thing. we are here. That's it. it. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. And our topic today is what's new? Hot topics 
number 62. Well, let's remember that this is Heart Healthy Month. And according to the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institute, we should follow these heart healthy living tips to ensure that we have and we maintain a healthy heart. Number one, that's to understand your risk factors because yes, there are risk factors for getting or suffering from heart disease. One of them will be overweight and obese. So you got to watch your weight, having high blood pressure. So understand your risk factors. Number two, get your blood pressure and your cholesterol checked regularly. So we always say here on the show, know your numbers. And that's why that's important um, so that you can keep your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels at the optimal level to be healthy and to have a healthy heart. Number three, choose heart healthy foods. We always talk about the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, dietary approach to stop hypertension diet. What else? The TLC. I talked about the TLC diet. And that is making sure that you follow these heart healthy diets. What will be the main ingredients for and the main type of foods for these heart healthy diets? And that would be plenty of fruits and vegetables and lean meat, healthy fats, all of that. So choose heart healthy foods. Number four, aim for a healthy weight. Yes, we have an ideal weight that we should maintain and we have to do the things that we need to do, such as eating healthy and exercising and doing what we need to do to aim for a healthy weight. Number five, manage stress. Yes, we, we don't talk enough about stress, but stress management is the key to maintaining a healthy heart. Get regular physical activity. That's on the list. And we know that folks, we need to be out there doing something every day, getting regular physical activity, even if we have to um, bring out our apps and our TV and all that and do something indoors. We need to do some type of regular physical activity every day. And then here's another point and a tip. Quit smoking, guys. If you're smoking, definitely quit smoking. Make that one of your New Year's resolution. We still we still are in the early parts of the year. I was going to say, we still are in the early phases of you can still do that. Yes. With your resolution, yeah. Yeah. So quit smoking, people. Quit smoking. And then last but not least, get enough good quality sleep. And that's that's kind of hard sometimes, but let's really work on sleep because sleep is important too. That's how we restore. That's how our body is restored. And good sleep goes a long ways to helping us maintain a healthy heart. And so these are some of the tips that the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, they've written. You can go Uh, For more information on NIH.gov forward slash heart healthy living, and you will find these tips. Those are excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent tips. And, you know, it's so hard to, you know, we, I think we may have made excuses for all the quarantining and stuff that we've had to do or, but I think, you know, as you say, you can do things, you got apps now, you got all kinds of apps, you got all kinds of things on television that you can do, just stuff in your room, so you can, you can 
move, do movement stuff and all of that without having to go outside. Yes, you can. Yes, yes, yes. And then I also want to encourage folks, uh, you can go to the vickidofitness.com, our interactive website. We, we have exercise videos that you can follow. There's no excuse to not to be able to, to oh. do something. Do something. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. Exactly. Now make sure you go to our resources page, vikidofitness.com forward slash resources. And there you will find products and services that will be helpful. And this is on our website that will be helpful to you as you embrace a life of health and fitness. And so we have a variety of items on our resource list for you to check out and try. We have Reebok. You know, they're always having good sales on their website. We got Warby Parker. Those are eyeglasses. Polar, heart rate. Those are fitness trackers, heart rate apps that you can can look into. Polar, Eye Remedy Healthcare. That's where I sit down and buy all my masks and all that kind of stuff right online. And then it's right at your door quickly. So I remedy healthcare, Spanx. We all know about Spanx, the right stuff, W-R-I-G-H-T. And that's a medical supply place, uh, most especially if you are a caregiver. They have all kinds of tools that you can have to order so that you can have it right at your door. Arda Tea. Yes, for those folks that love tea, this is the website to check out. They have so many wonderful flavors. Art of Tea. My Lab Box. We don't talk too much about My Lab Box, but you can go there and this is where you can order and have the lab kit sent to you. You can do tests and once you send it back in, you have access to a physician that will talk about your results and all that. And it's FDA approved. So my lab box is on that uh, resource list. Ecolunchbox.com. And that's for, for all of us. We, we try to think about not using all this plastic and all this things. We're trying to recycle we're trying to be healthy, have a healthy environment, and they have all kinds of eco-friendly lunch boxes, plates, all of that kind of thing that you can use to pack your lunch for work or to give it for your your kids because they're starting to go back to school and all of that. And so, yes, check out check out our resources, our resource list. VickiDoFitness.com forward slash resources. But let's talk briefly about yogadownload.com. That is on our resource list. And Yoga Download is the premier online destination for downloading and streaming online yoga, meditation. We talk about managing stress. Here's a way to do that. Meditation, Pilates, bar exercise, and fitness classes. That is a place, a platform, yogadownload.com. And they've been online since 2009. They offer 1,700 plus classes and they're taught by professional instructors, including world-renowned yoga teachers in the likes of Anna Forrest. And so make sure you go to our resources page, vikidofitness.com forward slash resources. And remember, when you use any of the affiliate links on this page to buy any of the products and services, you are supporting us here at Vikido Fitness. 
And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for your support. Well, D, yes, it's cold and snowy and it's, it's so funny. And in, in the back seat of my car, you probably have that, too. I have all kinds of things. I bring out my my long coat. I got my scarves, my mittens, because it might be cold, cold today for a couple of weeks. And then it'll get back where you see some sun and it's, it's warm. So I just right. keep all that in my car. <laughs> Well, Vicki, it was so funny. My son was up here over the weekend, and I said, Matt, would you mind cleaning out my car? Uh I'm sitting in the living room, and his fiancée is sitting there. And it was so funny. It could have been like a movie. So I gave him, I said, well, he says, what do you want me to put it in? I said, well, why don't you put it in the garbage bag? So, Vicki, we're sitting there. (laughs) He comes in and out the house, about three garbage bags later. (laughs) He takes off his so long. You're ready for every season. You got swimming suits in here. You got four or five knit coats. He goes, what season are you not ready for? I'm like, well, I got to be prepared. I'm that, sorry. That's it. That's I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I got to be prepared. But, I, you know, I learned in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you got to keep extra gloves, scarves, food, water. I keep, like, the jerky or all that stuff because, and, and like you said, can't be cute and be cold. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. And I was thinking to myself, I said, this is so politically incorrect. I said, you know, I got to revamp my, because I said, I walk around looking like, look, look, the Eskimo, and you can't say that now. You can't call people Eskimos, individuals, they're, you know, in our indigenous, our indigenous population, people who live in Alaska, but suffice it to say, I look like they look with all that animal fur and stuff on. That's Have it. Have to wear it. You got to wear it. Freezing. It's freezing out there. You got to wear it. Yeah, it is too freezing. Cold, so, it's too cold. Yes. You know, I, I was looking at the forecast, and I don't really see any end in sight because there's a cold wave coming up this weekend and next week. So maybe when we when we branch off into March, so we just have, as they say, we got to hunker down. <laughs> 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 we just got to hunker down some more. There's that word. <laughs> There's no other way that I know to describe it. That hunkered down. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, there. There it is. There it is. So did you do anything else other than what else did you do I this week? Really, no, I didn't do anything. I was on call last weekend. I really did. I don't know if I told you, announced it on here. I'm now a new member of the Board of Trustees for Canton Museum of Art. Okay. I got notified about that last week, so I'm really excited about that. I mean, I'm on the Butler Institute of American Art, their trustee board, and I'm on a board at Cleveland Museum of Art. But I really wanted to be on the Canton board because they are Mm -hmm. community-oriented. They reach out into the community. They are about diversity, inclusion, and equity. And so, yeah, I'm I'm just really happy. I'm really happy. Uh, on that board so yeah well that's awesome that is awesome and so yeah and they always have they always have nice things so hopefully when the weather gets better and this COVID thing is under control that'll be something nice to go to huh oh yeah definitely they have now a beautiful exhibition down there now on American Impressionism. Okay. A beautiful, beautiful. And people forget about that museum. I mean, it's, it's a well-endowed museum. It's beautiful. Okay. And it's all part of a big art complex. So right there you have the Museum of Art. You have where they do the 
Canton Ballet. Okay. That's where they have the Canton Symphony. So there, everything is all the Canton Theater, okay. the Playhouse. So everything is all right there. So I'm really happy to be a part of that team. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right yeah. then. Well, what is going on this week, Dee? <laughs> everything, Vicky. Everything. Yes, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl. I can say that Kansas City got spanked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure did. Sure did. They got spanked. I mean, it was kind of a massacre. It was a, yes, it was a massacre. That's it really it. was kind of a massacre. I mean, you know, when Tom Brady, you know, when somebody like that walks out on the field with all that experience and stuff behind him, and I think there were some players that he had played with before on, on the Patriots team or whatever, mm-hmm. it was game over. It was game over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was game over. But you're brave because I didn't watch it. I just, I couldn't watch it. I just said I, I turned over and tried and watched some kind of Netflix movie or something because I was like, I couldn't watch when I saw how it was starting to go, mm-hmm. and they were just making touchdown after touchdown, I'm like, well, let me just flip this over because this, <laughs> this is over. And then I flipped to the, how did you like the halftime? Now, I kept, I put on Facebook. What weekend? Is this. It was the weekend. Now, I'm not into his music. Mm-hmm. So I did notice one song that he sang, I guess, that everybody, something about Ernest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I said, damn, I'm getting old. Well, it, it it was okay, but but he had the whole I, I, you know, he had the whole time. Yeah, the whole thing. He had the whole thing. I didn't realize that he was that popular. Well, uh, that too, uh, and then you know, I think the only person they could get it was really restricted and everything. Even, yeah, yeah. So, well, they had a lot of people out on that field. Yeah, for it to be all restricted. Did you see all those people they had on? I mean, although they had masks. Stuff on that was a mammoth undertaking. I mean, they must have had 50, 60 or more people out there on that field. I know it was, it was very interesting. I was kind of surprised about it. Was just it was different. That's it, it was different. So, yeah, mm hmm. And he's he's from he's Canadian, yeah, is he? Uh huh. Oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. like great. Mm-hmm. Decisions are coming out of Canada. Okay, I did not realize that. Do you know where is he from? Like Toronto, Ontario? Or, mm, I don't know specifically. Or, you know, the young folks okay. follow him. You know. You so. know, I noticed that he. There was the other day. I I get seat every every now and then. Seat geeks will send me an email about concerts and stuff, and I happened to click it on the other day, and they asked you to sign up for a weekend for a concert with the weekend, and it was for June of twenty twenty two. Okay. That set in. Wow. Okay. So they wanted you to buy your ticket a uh, year and whatever month ahead of time. Yeah, June of 2022. Okay. Wow. Yeah, And it was in some major stadium, some major, you know. So I guess, obviously, you know, Natalie and Andrea and all those folks, I'm out of it. So it's, I'm clear, officially old. <laughs> <laughs> officially old wow i am too listen i just let them do their thing i just say oh yeah that's sounds. i said who is this he was mom you don't know the weekend oh okay that's who that is all right well i've heard that (laughs) one song that's about it (laughs) but yeah officially old so uh, kudos to him he had the whole time he had the whole half time he 
sure did. He sure did. He had the whole halftime. So I usually look at the (laughs) halftime or at least I love looking at the um, commercials. Commercials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They kind of, they, 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 I didn't see the whole, did they back off on the commercials a little bit this year? I heard the Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like the Budweiser guy, the, the, those Clydesdale horses, I don't think they had a no. with them this year. They said they weren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. So. It's a lot of folks that kind of backed out of it, but it was okay. Uh-huh. It was okay. Yeah. Good. But yeah, that Good. was the the talk was that yeah, Tom Brady spanked spanked Patrick Mahomes. They spanked him mm-hmm. when he won his first Super Bowl. I think Mahomes was like five or six years old or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, right? We're sitting around watching Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mahomes was watching Sesame Street <laughs> when Tom Brady got his first Super Bowl ring. So let that sink in. I know. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, Mahomes was somewhere looking at the electric company or whatever was out there. <laughs> you know. Hey, we all grow up. That's yeah. what they say, right? We all grow up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we just heard about Mary Wilson, you know. Oh, how sad. Now, that's my era. Yeah. She she died. You know, mm. she did. And she was really the only one after Florence Ballard died and then Diana Ross went off and did her own thing. Mary really was kind of the front person for the Supremes. I mean, she still kept that brand going yes yeah at least in name you know when you saw her you thought of the supreme uh-huh kind of thing whereas with diana ross to me she just she really became diana right she left the supremes a long time ago right don't you think so yes yes when we thought of diana ross we just thought about her we didn't really think about the supremes at all we really didn't. I mean, she had she developed her own brand. Yes, she died, and she. It didn't say what it was. Did, it? did they give a cause of death? Mm-mm. No, it was confirmed by her publicist, Jay Swartz, but uh-huh. no cause was given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wow. she died what uh, Monday in her home in Henderson, Nevada. So. Oh wow! She was seventy-six. And so, yeah. Wow. So they didn't say if she was, if she had something or suffering from something. None of that. Yeah. But I guess she kept everything private. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. May she rest in peace. Yeah. Because then last week we were talking about Cicely Tyson. Now her, Mary Wilson. I I know. I know. Right? I know. Yes. But she had a good life. Mary Wilson doing her thing. Yeah. So there it is. For her. Yeah, there it is. I pulled out this um because I was I was hearing a lot about Youngstown City Schools and, and some of the things uh-huh. that they're I trying to do. About this, Vicky. Yeah, this is an initiative. They they establish a partnership for and it's called the Current Scholars Future Leaders Initiative. What's significant about this for us is that we know Herb Washington. That's who they partner up with. Okay, good. Yeah, and it says here it's the East High School, McGuffey Elementary School, and Wilson Elementary School were chosen for the initiative. And the partnership's goal is to address issues of education inequality, the need for broader access, and the creation of new pathways to end poverty. And so this little write-up was written in the Mahoning Matters, 
And it just talks about how that the Youngstown City School District has established a partnership with HLW Fast Track Inc. McDonald's to build a part business. Yeah, that's his business to build a partnership call. And this is the current scholars future leaders initiative. Yes, the Youngstown City School CEO Justin Jennings said that the initiative will help Youngstown schools with the support needed to for incorporating continuous improvement strategies for academic success. And this is what he said in a news release. He said, as we face the core challenges that threaten our pursuit of a society that works not against but on behalf of the Youngstown community, we must continue to work with organizational partners who share our vision and values. Experiences and events over these past 12 months have shown that social justice is on trial. We must continue to find ways to confront issues in our greater school community, including open dialogue. Herb Washington, he stated that it is indeed our responsibility to roll up our sleeves and expand our bandwidth within the Youngstown City School District. This is just the beginning of a broader partnership where the scholars can work and develop real world skills and application toward positive life experiences. In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are poised to maximize our resources to impact and improve the lives of the Youngstown City School District scholars. This is an, an honor, said the principal, and they are fortunate to have the HLW Fast Track McDonald's, you know, improving their and, and investing in the the schools, their scholars. And so, yeah, they appreciate the work. This is said by Maurice Taylor. We appreciate their work to help increase social justice consciousness and offer remedies through cooperative work experiences. So that's pretty much what they're going to be doing. They're going to be offering experiences for the students. They're going to be developing, creating opportunities for students to learn through business seminars. They're going to have career shattering employment and on the job manager training. And so, yeah, that's what they're doing. So kudos to them, right? Yeah, exactly. That's good. I mean, he's very philanthropic. You know, a lot of things, he, things he's done in the community have been kind of, you know, he doesn't do a lot of bragging. No, he just goes ahead and does it, right? Yep, exactly. Mm, yeah, exactly. so that'll be nice. That'll be nice. What's the latest? You see, I have the articles there for you. Well, this first one is, does the passenger next to you have COVID? You know, this is always, this is a big, a hot topic, even in the early days of COVID about riding on airplanes and mm-hmm. next to you and so forth and so on. So here's an article. Does the passenger next to you have COVID? Research from China suggests global growth in asymptomatic infections. So from April to October 2020, less than 0.1% of all travelers entering China tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. But the proportion of asymptomatic infections in these cases rose from... 27.8% in April to 59.4% in October, reported Zhang Yu Wu of the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Beijing and colleagues. 
The finding of a high and increasing proportion of asymptomatic infections among SARS-CoV-2 positive international entities to China may signal an increase in asymptomatic infection globally. Well, we kind of think, thought of think this anyway. Mm-hmm. This study has implications for traveler screening policies and procedures. Researchers noted China implemented mandatory screenings of SARS-CoV-2 of people traveling into the country by air, sea, or land at border checkpoints beginning April 1, 2020. Those who tested positive are hospitalized for isolation, while those who tested negative were required to quarantine for 14 days before being retested on day 13. The United States is attempting to enact more stringent, I saw this yesterday, uh-huh. to enact more stringent travel guidance of its own. CDC recently required international air travelers to the United States to provide proof of a negative COVID test and has been weighing requiring a COVID test prior to domestic flight, so travel industry, industry groups are pushing back on these proposed regulations. Mm-hmm. Federal mask mandates federal travel, including planes, trains, and boats, and transportation hubs went into effect February the 1st. So in the current study, Wu and colleagues examined data from over 19 million travelers entering China from April to October 2020. Overall, less than 0.1% people tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. About three-quarters were men, and about 80% were ages 20 to 49. Among those tested positive, among those testing positive, 43.6 were symptomatic, dropping from 71% in April to 35% in October. About 4.4 were pre-symptomatic or developed symptoms soon after being tested, increasing from 1.2 to 4.7 over the study period, and 52% were asymptomatic. There's significant association between presence of symptoms and age. So interestingly, the authors noted that 44% of SARS COVID positive entrants arrived from four of 86 countries. Limitations to the data include the inability to detect how many symptomatic individuals were screened in due to prior infection and prolonged viral shedding or how many symptomatic individuals screened out the office did. I mean, this whole thing of asymptomatic spread is huge. Mm-hmm. It's going to get bigger. And another reason to wear your mask after you're vaccinated because this asymptomatic spread thing or asymptomatic carriers is huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have gotten sick and died because of this asymptomatic issue. So, And I did see yesterday that the, they were trying to require people uh-huh. to have negative COVID tests before they get on board a plane. But the problem with that is that it's one thing fine to require that, uh-huh. but you have to have the site. I mean, you need to be able to go down the street and get a COVID test or go, you know, and there, but there are a lot of this we have said about when we talk about healthcare disparities, mm-hmm. a lot of people live places where they don't have readily ready access to getting tests. Let's not even talk about vaccines. So if you're going to have a mandate you know, in order for you to fly from Pittsburgh to North Carolina, you have to have a, a negative COVID test. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to provide a lot of COVID test sites in those cities. Mm-hmm. It's multifactorial. Yes. And we still working on it. We can't. We <laughs> I know. It's, it's something. I mean, today, mm-hmm. vaccinated 41 million people. Okay. That's only about 10%. And that's pretty good. That's about percent of the population okay but we've got a long way to go 
I know. We've got a, a, a very long way to go. So, yeah. Also, you were talking about the new recommendations of social distancing after vaccination. I guess it's coming. Fauci was saying that. Did you see anything about yeah, that? And the latest is that new guidance on what social distancing measures are best for people who are fully vaccinated is on the way, said Dr. Fauci, our guru. This was yesterday, day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right now, the advice to health officials is to keep wearing your mask, keep social distancing, and keep away from gathering, you know, like super spreaders. Mm-hmm. After you receive both shots of coronavirus vaccine, so don't let your guard down. Mm-hmm. During a meeting of, of the American Association of Advancement of Science, 91-year-old Esther Cohen said to him, when are we going to be able to play Mahjong again? You know what that is? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that is. That might be like hunkering and down. Respond, I know. I you know I, I don't know that. But in response, I would be saying, when can we play bid whist again? But that's no. That's it, right? So in response, that's it. Bid whist. Right? So in response, Fauci, the director of the NI National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said there there is no guidance on what to do when people, when groups of people who have received both vaccine doses, want to get together. But I believe that's going to change. He said. So we're talking about this. CDC. Vaccinations began December the 14th. More than 9.5 million people have been fully vaccinated with two doses of COVID vaccine. The two authorized, I think 41 million have at least gotten one. Okay. The two authorized vaccines from Moderna and Pfizer prevent symptomatic infections in most, but not in all cases. And it is still unclear whether they stop asymptomatic infections at CNN. So if you're asymptomatic, you would still test positive COVID, and even if you're vaccinated, you could still spread it. So that's why the guidance now is that even the vaccinated still need to wear masks. A person could be an asymptomatic carrier and have the virus in their nasal passages so that when they're breathing or speaking or sneezing, they could pass it on. Mm. So Fauci said that even, I thought this was interesting, he and his daughter, he was saying that he and his daughter have been fully vaccinated, but they still follow standard social distancing and quarantine guidelines before they see each other. I mean, because there are all these instances of these children coming home and infected the parents, and in several situations they died. Mm-hmm. So he was just saying that, you know, she, the last time she, she came home, mm-hmm. she had to go quarantine for 14 days and get tested, and he said it was a really big deal to finally see my daughter in the same room. He says he thought that was going to change. He says, what's the reason to get vaccinated in the first place if you don't want to get to normal? So, but the problem is the British COVID variant is spreading rapidly in the United States. And because we're 43rd in sequencing, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Vicki, we don't even know how much variant we have in this country. So this, this mm. new variant is highly contagious. Mm. Britain now is on lockdown. And I thought about how we traveled to London and what good times we have for the I know. You know for the royal wedding, and it's all locked down now. Mm. And what has been dubbed the B one one seven variant from Britain is doubling its prevalence every nine days in this country, according to a report posted on the preprint server Med RXIV on Sunday, and not yet peer reviewed or published in a journal. The findings from a large collaboration of scientists. But this is a forecast issued last month by the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention to show the variant becoming dominant in this country by late March, and that's what Fauci has said. 
Mm. The researchers scrutinized genomic analysis of the virus samples from 10 states, including from 212 infections involving the variant, and concluded that the variant has been 35 to 45% more transmissible than other variants in the U.S. It's here. It's got its foot deep in this country, and it's on its way very quickly becoming the dominant lineage, said Michael Warby, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Arizona. He told this to the Washington Post. Those models are very sensitive to assumptions about how many people the average infected person passes the virus to. So if those assumptions are off by just a bit, that our guard down and relax mitigation measures, mm. I believe we could see a dangerous upward surge in March. Our study shows that the United States is on a similar trajectory as other countries where B117 rapidly became the dominant variant, mm. requiring basically a shutdown again and seeing more morbidity, mortality. So in the study, mm-hmm. Florida stands out as a state with the highest estimated prevalence of the variant. Forget going to Florida. That's it. It crossed my mind. How about making a quick trip to Miami? I don't think so. Nope. So in the study, Florida stands out as a state with the highest estimated prevalence of the variant. The new report estimated the doubling time of B117, that's the UK variant, prevalence in positive test results at just over nine days. So Florida Mm. leads the nation with 201 as of Tuesday. Mm. That was last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, that was last Tuesday, followed by California. A total of 690 cases have been reported in 33 states. So, I mean, it's just creeping. It's creeping. It's creeping. And the new study only looked at data through the, oh, through the end of January. Okay. But the, mm-hmm, but the percentage of B117 infections in Florida may have risen from a little less than 5 to approximately 10% in just the past week. So Mary Jo Trepeka, who's epidemiologist at Florida International University, told the newspaper she's not surprised by the spread of the variant because the state has not been strict about mask mandates and restrictions. I mean, Mm. it's the same old message, Mm -hmm. the same old thing. The message is that we have to work harder to prevent transmission of all these cases of COVID, she said. If we don't, we'll potentially see more variants. Uh, We need to get everybody vaccinated, and we need to do a much better job at preventing transmission. As a, again, like I said, we're, we're very low in sequencing, and they started doing genomic surveys in September. Well, it's already February, and we're still behind the gun in sequencing and trying to figure out what's here. Mm. United States health officials say they are in a race against time to increase the number of Americans vaccinated as more contagious variants of the virus spread across the U.S., and by Tuesday, more than 42 million Americans had been vaccinated while 59 million doses have been distributed, just over 9.5 million people have had their second shot. Mm. So even as the U.K. variant makes a foothold in the United States, overall coronavirus case counts are steadily dropping among Americans as the worst of the latest surge in the pandemic seems to be subsiding. I mean, we're, we're rounding the corner. Some of the parts of the country, including the upper Midwest, are having bigger decreases like Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa. You remember those oh, states yeah. hit hard this past summer. Uh, North Dakota and South Dakota, mm. they've seen cases fall by 80%. There was yet another glimmer of hope last week after Johnson & Johnson announced their, their new first single-dose virus vaccine is coming out. And the good news about that is that it's single-shot and won't have the temperature requirement. Okay. 
and the current decline in infections remains most pronounced in the Midwest. In Hennepin County, that was Minneapolis, where I used to work. Okay. Daily cases have fallen roughly to 200 from 1,200. Wayne County and Detroit, a similar drop, 200 from 1,200. We're even seeing that here, Vicki. Okay. Number of cases dropping very fast. Um, Maine saw relatively low case counts until November when cases began to rise before peaking late. January are nearly 12 times the level of the state peak last year, the Times reported. Despite that, the current daily case count in Maine pales in comparison to states like Texas, whose rate is triple that of Maine when adjusted for population. So by Tuesday, U.S. coronavirus case count passed 27 million, while the death toll reached 465,000. By the end of March, we'll have 500,000 people die, have died. So on Tuesday, the top five states for coronavirus infections were, from roll, California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Illinois. Curbing the spread of the coronavirus to the rest of the world remains challenging. And in India, mm-hmm. the coronavirus case count was 10 million by Tuesday, said Johns Hopkins. Brazil had 9.5 million cases and 231,000 deaths. Mm. Worldwide, the number of reported infections passed 106 million on Tuesday with over 2.3 million deaths. Let that sink in. I know. So some good news and not so good news. The only thing we can do is to um, do what we can and when the vaccines are offered to us to go ahead and get it. Take it. Just take it and don't worry about what you're getting. Just take it and then make sure that you're scheduled for your second one and wear your mask and continue to social distance. Now is not the time. And I was interviewed on television the other day because, and I get it, you know, I'm not trying to hear, I'm not trying to destroy anybody's livelihood. You know, everybody's one paycheck away from poverty. You take one paycheck away from us. I know. And then people, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. but these bars that, you know, Ohio is thinking about lifting the curfew, and I'm just not for it until we get a better handle on We've only vaccinated 8.8% of people in Ohio. Let me repeat. We have only vaccinated 8.8% of people in Ohio. Let's at least get up to 15 or 20% before we start. Opening up all that. Yes. Opening things up a little bit. Yeah, 8.8%. That's, that's nothing. I mean, that's something, but it's a lot. And we've been vaccinating people since December the 14th. So in so in Two months, we've only vaccinated eight percent. We got to do better. I know, but half the time it's so. it's um it's accessibility because when when I keep asking around, are they where are they doing? You know, you can't really find out. Nobody knows. Yeah, what is that? You're absolutely correct. It's a hot mess. Accessibility. All I can't tell you how many texts I get a day, or messages, or emails. Can you please help me find a place to get vaccinated? I don't have any control over any of it. You know, mm. I keep telling people to call, 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 and some people do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get a phone call that they're getting vaccinated. And yesterday I had a friend mm-hmm. who happened to go with her husband, and she hadn't gotten called up, but she was there with him, and they vaccinated her at the same time. Okay. So sometimes you luck out like that. Yeah, it's it's a mess, like you said. Hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get it together. I hope. Well thanks, Dee. Thank you. 
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we're going to continue on and talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. We're going to start with our first one, and it says stay healthy when exercising outdoors. And I like this because, you know, we always forget that some people... When it gets wintertime, now, some of us honker down, but. (laughs) 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 But it's a lot of people that like to go out and do skiing and all those wonderful things Uh in the winter. And so this this article was written in the New York Times and it says stay healthy when exercising outdoors. Cold weather workouts do bring unique risk, but. A little planning and preparation can help whether you're going for a winter walk, trekking in snowshoes, or sledding with the kids. And so it says, the shift to colder weather makes hibernating under a pile of blankets, perhaps while binge-watching favorite shows, quite tempting. But outdoor exercise is a great way to improve energy levels, boost the immune system, connect with nature, and during the corona, the coronavirus pandemic, safely socialize with people outside your bubble. Indeed, the protracted health crisis is motivating many people to get off the couch and get out in the brisk air. Sales of outdoor winter sports equipment, as a result, have been spiking. From August through October, sales of backcountry ski wear and accessories grew 76% compared with the same period in 2019, according to the NPD group. But an outdoor exercise routine during the winter does bring unique risks. Cold temperatures cause blood vessels to narrow, making it harder for the heart to pump blood and potentially straining the heart. This narrowing of blood vessels can also keep muscles from getting the oxygen they need to stay warm and flexible, which can lead to injury, hypothermia, frostbite, and falls on icy ground. 
are also hazards of winter weather. A little planning and preparation can mitigate the risk whether you're going for a winter walk, trekking in snowshoes, or sledding with the children. Here's what you need to know to feel the burn and the burr. Well, before you head out, fuel up. The body has two main types of adipose tissue or fat, white and brown. Unlike standard white fat, which stores calories, brown fat is packed with energy, creating mitochondria that produces heat and helps the body maintain its core temperature when it's cold out. This is the type of fat hibernating animals use to stay warm. Now, this was said by Sean Stevenson. He said, essential fatty acids like omega-3s, DHA, and EPA can help increase the amount of brown fat. Sean Stevenson is a nutritionist and author of the book, Eat Smarter. You'll find that in salmon, roe, egg yolks, and algae, or creole oil, this is where you will find the the essential omega acids. There's no room, he continues on to say, there's no need to, to go crazy, but two to three servings a week can help during the cold time of year. Now, another thing you need to do, drink up. Cold temperatures cause physiological shifts that diminish the body's thirst response and increase water loss through respiration. And so when you see your breath, water is leaving your body and evaporating and urination. Yes, you really do urinate more in the winter. According to Sophie Codwell Hamilton, she said staying hydrated isn't as intuitive as it is during the summer when sweat is pouring off of you. Now, Sophie is a cross-country skier and a two-time Olympian. She continues on to say, for me, it starts first thing in the morning. For every cup of coffee I have, I have a cup of water. When I'm skiing, I have a drink belt with warm water and a noon electrolyte tablet in it. Another thing to do, gear up. Dress dry, not just warm. Water moves heat away from the body, leaving you cold and increasing your risk for hypothermia. And, and when your core temperature body falls below 95 degrees, that is what is called hypothermia. When you are heading out, start with a base layer made of merino wool, um, polypropylene, or material that will wick away water and sweat. This includes glove liners, socks, and hats, which can get wet with sweat and freeze. Next, add a slightly thicker layer made of fleece or light wool and top it off with something that breaks the wind. Sunglasses or goggles and a buff neckwear that can be pulled up over the mouth and nose help protect the face. There's a wide variety of winter boot options so be sure to check the temperature rating and traction. Now this was said by Dr. Katie Ecton I buy hand and toe warmers in bulk and keep them in my pockets. Now, Dr. Katie Ekchen is a cross-country skier and emergency physician at the Haywood Area Memorial Hospital in Wisconsin. She continues to say, I've also put one against the back of my phone and put both in a middle layer pocket so the battery 
last longer. If you're heading into the mountains, your phone can be a particularly powerful tool. Dustin Dyer, an owner and director of Kent Mountain Adventure Center, suggests downloading a navigation app like Avenza Maps, Powder Project, or Trail Fox that includes offline digital maps and uses your phone's built-in GPS to locate you even when you're out of range. Here's another tip before you head out. Safety first. Depending on your winter outdoor activity, you may want to consider specialized safety training. Mr. Dyer, who guides backcountry skiers, snowboarders, and ice climbers, recommends CPR training for everyone. If you're going to be one hour from care, doing multiple days outside or really going off the grid, you should have wilderness first aid, he said, of the certification course. And everyone who is going into the mountains in the winter needs some kind of avalanche training. For most people, avalanche awareness, which focuses on avoidance, is going to be adequate. Now, here's some tips while outside. Warm up and cool down. When exercising in cold temperatures, your muscles are not as pliable and are at increased risk for injury and strain. The cold air also causes the upper airway to narrow, making it harder to breathe. Breathing through the nose and covering the nose and mouth with a scarf or mask can warm the air before it reaches the lower airway. But both the muscles and the lungs need to warm up for at least 10 to 50 minutes. Dr. Exton, who has also completed over 10 Berkeys, a 50 kilometer cross country race formerly known as the American Berkey Biner, suggests moving at a slower pace or whatever activity you are planning to do and then adding some dynamic stretches like arm circles, lunges, and hip circles. This is what Dr. Etchke said. She said, you also need to let your breathing slow down before you go back into the warm air. Your lungs need to adjust to a normal breathing rate or you can induce a cough or spasm. Another tip will be while outside, keep up. It's important to stay on top of your fuel, hydration, and clothing while you're out. If you're going to be active for more than 45 minutes, think about how you can fuel your body along the way. Dr. Etchkin suggests a simple carbohydrate like a granola bar or a electrolyte drink. You can also easily lose one or two liters of water while out. So bring water with you. Be conscious of your activity level and take water breaks. Be sure to adjust your clothing as necessary. You want to stay warm, but you don't want to get too sweaty, Miss Hamilton said. As the intensity ratchets up, I take off layers and then add them back as I start to cool down. Once you get back inside, here's a tip. Change. Even if you don't feel sweaty, the first thing you need to do is take off the layers that were next to your skin. This was said by Dr. Etchkins. You can get cold quickly. Your muscles will tighten because they're trying to get warm. A warm shower helps soothe muscle fatigue while the steam opens up the airways. Another tip would be to stretch. The cold weather 
and vasodilation of blood vessels causes more tightness in the muscles, which have to work harder than in milder weather. This can increase soreness and affect range of motion. Self-massage and stretching can encourage muscle recovery by improving blood flow and reducing inflammation. And last but not least, roll out. Jennifer Miller, the author of the Roll Out Model, uses two rubber massage balls to slowly roll out big muscle groups like the quadriceps as well as any areas that have been immobilized by boots or skates. This stimulates the tissue, increases circulation, and adds to the feeling of warmth. So those are some tips guys about staying healthy when exercising outdoors because yeah I always have to remember that some of you guys you guys love the cold weather you know that's not one of my things though but hey Vicky, Vicky, <laughs> yes Vicky, pass <laughs> pass okay. pass that is so funny. I'm happy for everybody that wants to do all of that. Everything that you said looked fantastic for somebody else. <laughs> you said pass. And, you know, when I lived in Minnesota, mm-hmm. this was all critical because, you know, you had all those winter months and all my children learned to ice skate and ski and everything like that because if you didn't do those winter sports, uh-huh. Stay in the house all day, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was serious cold up there. You know, they would do stuff like if there was a hole, they fill it up with water, and there would be an ice skating rink, and it would last for like, you know, months. And the big, the big thing up there was ice fishing. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, it was like, where are you going on the weekend? Oh, going ice fishing. And I mean, it was serious. They drive their trucks out onto the ice, uh, build a tent. Have a little heater in there and, and this, that, and the other. And it was big fun. Nobody mm-hmm. else but me. <laughs> I know, you know. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, places like Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and stuff like that, these winter sports are super, you know, like ice carving and all of that. So, But the tips that you gave were excellent. They were right on. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I learned, like I said, when I lived in Minnesota, you know, that you that you need to do to protect yourself and to, and to exercise as well. That's it. That's it. Those were the tips. And some people have winter, you know, for a lot of months. So you're right. You got to adjust. Yeah. If you didn't, you had to, you had to get with the program or else you'd just be stuck in the house. And so, yes. so then the kids, everybody, you know, everybody did some kind of winter something or other. That's it. That's it. And so, yeah, that's how I learned to, to ski, you know. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's been mm-hmm. a minute because even though yeah I did the skiing thing and all that like I said you know I'll do it for a little bit then it's time to go in and sit by the fire for is. for some it's hot chocolate a hot you know a hot chocolate <laughs> hot chocolate and have a nice day <laughs> oh I, I've been on the bunny I've been on the bunny slope for about twenty five years so my days of skiing are over <laughs> I never advanced much past snow plowing so that was it. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Again, this is another article, a tool to reduce racial disparities in COVID-19 vaccines. So this is an article that says 2020 was a harrowing year 
unprecedented challenges, racial tensions brought nationwide protests against systemic racism and police brutality, while the disproportionate impact of the continued COVID-19 pandemic on African-American and Latino communities placed a glaring spotlight on pervasive health disparities in the United States, numerous scientific studies have provided stark evidence for these issues. COVID-19 hospitalization rates are nearly five times higher for Black or African Americans and Hispanic or Latino people compared to white non-Hispanic people. COVID-19 mortality rates are almost three times higher for Black or African Americans and and Hispanic or Latino people compared to white non-Hispanic people. While these disparities are disconcerting, they should not come as a surprise to the medical community, given the robust evidence base showing significant health inequity across race, ethnicity, and socioeconomic status. Armed with all of this evidence and increasing federal and public interest in eliminating disparities and racism more broadly, how can we take bold, concrete steps to act on what we've learned? As we move beyond the remarkable pace of vaccination development to administering vaccines to millions of people, uh, Americans' disparities in vaccination rates are quickly becoming a concern. Kaiser Foundation reported that there was a disproportionately higher vaccination rate for white individuals as a share of total population compared to other races across 11 of 16 states. For example, in Maryland, using COVID-19 vaccination data, a first dose vaccination have been administered to white individuals who account for 59% of the state population using 2019 population data. As a comparison, 14.7 of first dose vaccinations went to black individuals account for 31% of the population, while 3.8 were administered to Hispanic individuals who account for 10.6%. It's possible that these early numbers reflect the known underrepresentation of minority groups in healthcare professions who have been prioritized in early phases of state vaccination plans. However, it's also likely that these statistics reflect disparities in access to vaccines and generalized vaccine hesitancy captured by a Pew Research Study Center study which may be felt even more strongly by minority racial and ethnic groups who have historically disenfranchised, have been disenfranchised by the scientific community and healthcare system. In order to correct this emerging problem, healthcare leaders must act now. One benefit of the COVID-19 pandemic response has been the availability of large data sets that are updated daily across counties, states, and, and the country. In the past, we would often wait to look at this data in the rearview mirror to assess our efforts. Instead, this real-time data should be leveraged now by key stakeholders to guide ongoing conversations and inform policy decisions at all levels. So it gets us to this thing called the Vaccine Equity Index, which is interesting because I never heard of it. Okay. One potential way to use this data is by measuring Vaccine Equity Index. This concept would represent the proportion of people receiving first-dose vaccinations from a specific race or ethnicity compared to the percentage of the population the population that group represents. We envision it first being used at the county level to allow for a timely localized response to unfavorable numbers. At the current stage of vaccine rollout, it would be most apt to use this measure compared to a population of seniors, those that are over 65. The beauty of the Vaccine Equity Index is that it is simple, readily available, and easily updated on a daily or weekly basis. Perhaps more important, it puts 
meaning behind the idea of addressing the needs of the community you serve. As an example, mm-hmm. they have a table in this article. Okay. He provided a simple calculation of the vaccine equity index, mm-hmm. and it's based on hypothetical vaccination rates and age and so forth. And, and I won't go into a lot of it because it's, it's, you know, it's not that complicated, but it needs to have a visual. Mm-hmm. But as it says, it, the graph shows or the table shows the mm-hmm. vaccine equity index for black and Hispanic populations is lower mm-hmm. than the vaccine equity index for the white population, which compels one to ask why. Mm-hmm. It's first step forward considering interventions aimed at improving these numbers to better serve the community. We chose to highlight these groups because of general trends being seen across many states and the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on black and Hispanic populations. However, the vaccine equity index could be used to measure other racial and ethnic groups of interest in our community. They're calling to action for individual counties to consider using this model, mm-hmm. which to me, I have to get my head wrapped around how it works. Okay. And, you know, using the data to try to help. So to translate a vaccine equity index into action within a community, a health department would need to collaborate closely with local health facilities in order to improve vaccination rates of specific groups. The specifics of this collaboration would likely prove complicated and requires the investment. Well, see, this is a problem. I know. On paper, it sounds good, but now you're asking for resources to be allocated. That's it. That's it. So President Biden has placed renewed focus on COVID-19 health disparities by establishing the COVID Health Equity Task Force, which would mobilize resources to aid local health department vaccination efforts. With further validation, the federal government might also incorporate this vaccine equity index. You know, basically, it's, you know, after a year of knowing that we have the inequities. And then one of the things that I think her name is Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith, who's chairman of this COVID task force, Uh they really weren't even initially when people were getting vaccinated, collecting data on race, race, ethnicity or anything, maybe not even gender. So they're starting to collect more data and it goes to say, you know, to say that with 41 million people being vaccinated now, there's going to be some data that's generated. So I think we'll have a lot more information in the next month or two. Okay, wow. But it all goes back to money. Remember you... Yeah, and when they start talking about allocating money and stuff like that, there isn't any. I mean... I know. First of all, they're just trying to find out, you know, when Michelle Walensky got into power as the new Center for Disease Control Chair, I mean, you know, chairman or head of the CDC, I mean, she was just very transparent. She goes... I don't know how many vaccines we have. And that was January the 21st. So hopefully they've found out how many they've had, Vicki. I mean, <laughs> well, isn't that a sad commentary? That's bad. The vaccines came out December the 14th. January the 21st, Michelle Walensky, Dr. Michelle Walensky came out and said, well, I don't know how many vaccines we have. Well, yeah, there it is. There it is. I know. Hopefully we'll, we'll get... You know, it seems like the... As you said, money. As you said, it's the about money. Of it all, mm-hmm. you got to have funding. And you also have to have access. 
and the logistics that there has to be a plan how you gonna do stuff you gotta have logistics exactly i was never so happy to see general honorary on television once <laughs> coordinated everything for the katrina yes for the katrina um thing honorary when he used to come on over over uh, and out over yes it needs to be a military-led logistics yeah. nobody does logistics like the marine corps nobody does logistics like the military exactly i'm hoping they're trained i'm for that. hoping that when that johnson and they're, they're trained for logistics you know they know how to get i mean look at d-day and that was 1945 mm-hmm. they they rolled out how about hundred thousand mm-hmm. across the sea to beat germany mm-hmm. that's some logistics on them also arrived there at the same time in rollout rollout mm-hmm and we can't get some vaccinations done. I know. Come on now. I know. It needs to be from the top down. You can't have every little state like, you know, Governor DeWine, although, you know, he's done a good job during this pandemic, but you can't have DeWine lifting the curfew and California putting the curfew back down and Florida lifting it and somebody else. It has to be a federally unified. It needs to be, it needs to be right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Unified for anything to work. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Thank you. Oh, That's a good one. The vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. We'll have more information. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. So we'll do this last one. It's about diabetes and having a healthy diet because, like I said earlier, this is Heart Healthy Month. And one of the risk factors mm-hmm. for having heart disease is um, type 2 diabetes. So mm-hmm. one of the key things is how do you eat? This is written by in, in Health Day News, and it says diabetes, building blocks of a healthy diet. It says nutrition may seem like a complicated business, but in the big picture, every diet has just three main pieces, fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. And as a person with diabetes, you should know how to use these building blocks to help manage your disease and maintain your health. And so it goes on talking about the three components. Fat. Despite its unhealthy reputation, fat is a crucial part of a healthy diet. Fat provides a big dose of energy. A single gram contains nine calories. Your body also needs a steady supply of fats to build cell membranes. The trick is to get the right kinds of fats in the right amounts. Too much fat can encourage weight gain and make blood sugar harder to control. You should be especially wary of saturated fats found in red meats, full-fat dairy products, and some oils. These fats can clog your arteries and raise your risk of heart disease. The American Diabetes Association uh, recommends getting no more than 7% of your daily calories from saturated fat. Instead, try to get most of your fats from healthier sources, such as nuts, fish, and olive oil. Then we talk about carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates, sugary substances found in starchy and sweet foods, are your main source of fuel. Each gram of carbs contains only four calories. That's less than half what you get from the same amount of fat. But your body can easily store and use that energy whenever it's needed. Carbohydrates can also raise your blood sugar. So it's helpful to keep track of the carbs that go into your body. 
The American Diabetic Association recommends getting about 45 to 60 grams of carbohydrate in every meal. Though you may need more or less than this number, depending on how well your diabetes is controlled. Check with your healthcare team to determine the right number for you. You may have an easier time controlling your blood sugar if you mainly stick with foods that raise your blood sugar relatively slowly, including apples, whole grains, and milk. And here's another tip that I would like to add too, is that when you think about your 45 to 60 grams of carbohydrate with each of your meal, you want that to be complex carbohydrate. What does that mean? It, it's the fruits and the vegetables. It has the fiber. That's why it says apple, whole grains. Yeah, that fiber. And with you eating that, it slowly raises your blood sugar relatively slowly. And those are the types of uh, carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, which are healthy for you. That's what type of carbohydrates you should definitely hone in on. And that would be in those plant-based, those heart-healthy meals and diets that we were talking about, the Mediterranean, the DASH, and all of that. Okay, so let's move forward to proteins. Proteins, gram for gram. Proteins pack as many calories as carbohydrates, but they aren't a major source of energy. Their main job is building muscle and other tissues. Good sources of protein include soy, meat, poultry, beans, eggs, and dairy products. The proteins found in nuts, grains, and vegetables aren't quite as useful for the body, but they're very important as well. I want to also make sure I say that. The American Diabetes Association recommends getting about 15 to 20% of your calories from proteins. For a person who weighs 150 pounds, that would add up to about 54 grams of protein every day. If you have weak or damaged kidneys, your doctor or your dietitian may suggest cutting back on protein even more to prevent further damage. And so, yes, make sure that for any dietary needs recommendation, most especially if you're diabetic or have some type of chronic disease, you want to definitely check with your doctor and have him recommend you to a registered dietitian so they can help you with your food choices. And so, yeah, that's the end of that article. And what do you have to say, Dee? Well, it's great. I mean, these all of these healthy tips, and I think we need to be more mindful of them is because, you know, we used to say years ago when we were doing this podcast, bikini weather is coming. Well, I don't know if too many of us are going to be getting in any bikinis after COVID-20. <laughs> so I think all the information, <laughs> I think all the information that you're giving us now, it gives us time to start getting back on a healthy pathway for healthy living. And it's not, I was listening to a my daughter Mary was on a podcast last night with some okay. cardiovascular guys okay. talking about COVID and heart disease, uh-huh. and they went into this thing about uh, plant-based. They oh, were yeah. all, you know, they were they were all big into this plant-based oh, big time. diet. Thing. That's what's happening. Yeah, um, and I think you know it goes back. One of my old mentors, Doctor Caldwell Esselstein, yes, in the seventies was uh, was one of my. Well, he wasn't a mentor of mine. I knew him. He was at the Cleveland Clinic as a surgeon. Mm-hmm. But roll around, roll around in the 2000s, he and his 
family and wife have written this book on, you know, about plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are all those books. Is it Forks Over Knives? Forks Over Knives. Yeah, they have a whole, yeah. they, they have a whole I mean, classes and online and all that. Mm-hmm. Now they do. So uh-huh. My 45th medical school reunion, he and his wife got up and they did a demonstration. Mm-hmm. And he showed somebody that had been on a plant-based diet for six months. And they did like a cardiac cast before, and then they showed this guy who had been on a plant-based diet for six, and the plaque had just melted away. Now, they were strict vegans, which, you know, some of my friends have had to moderate that because the strict vegans, you are missing some vitamins. They had to get back to eating a little something. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the data is clear about coronary arteries and all of that. So, yeah, this is good. This is good. Yes, yes. That ends our show, D. So do you have tips to end it for us? Well, I just, you know, it, it's a good article also about exercising outside or getting outside and doing some things, you know, because it looks like at least right now for us, mm-hmm. uh, we're in for at least another six weeks of being in a cold environment. So, yeah, if you're able to get out and um, so forth, even if it's just some, you know, now walking is difficult with ice so forth. But, mm-hmm. you know, those days that the temperature is little, a little bit above, I started going back to the gym a little bit only to swim, but you have to be careful about that. Now that these variants are coming along, you've got to be very time. careful about that, even though we're all vaccinated. So, mm-hmm. you know, probably one of the best bets is to just do it in your own house. Get a ball. I have, I have bought a couple of balls and I use those doing Pilates and doing a lot of other things. And you just do what you can. Do what right? you can. Yes. And and I will also encourage everyone to go to our website, vickidofitness.com. You got that interactive website. We have exercise yeah, tips exactly. and videos on that. And we also have our step-by-step weight loss boot camp if you want to join a actual weight loss program. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things that you can exactly. do. Yes. You have to be proactive. You got to be proactive. Yes. 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 You got to be proactive. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. Make sure you become an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. As a premium member, you will have exclusive access to our archive of more than 100 past premium podcast shows. Free subscription to our monthly newsletter, and much, much more. But most of all, you will receive exclusive subscriber premium member-only episodes of our From the Desk of Vicky Doe. In these episodes, I will focus on special health fitness topics and answer your most common health fitness questions. So go right now. Go to vickidofitness.com forward slash join and become and it's all about health and fitness premium member by subscribing to our premium membership you are supporting vicky doe fitness which allows us to continue to produce valuable content including new podcasts and as always thank you thank you thank you for your support keep listening 
sharing, and checking us out. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.